And when we wanted to put something together, we just do it, you know. See, we get high, you know what I'm saying? We all hippies, we all, we get high and we just do what the fuck we want to do. We don't care who listening and who not listening. And you know, you're just doing what the right thing is. What I do, you know, the music I make and the way I dedicate my life, nobody can say because I'm delivering product on a whole new level. I'm like a machine, I'm a robot. You cannot offend a robot. What is going on? It is Sunday, January 26th, and it is the couple hours before the Pacers end their five-game road trip that they're on right now, in which they've won uh, three out of the four games that they've played. Looking pretty good. Uh, been without Brogdon a couple games. Um... And so then after tonight's game, the next game is the return of our leader, our champion, uh, the driver of this car, Victor Oladipo. And it's, it is just, a, it's an amazing time to be a Pacers fan. I can't, I can't believe how well this year has been so far or how well it's gone so far. Um, I mean, we haven't had any playoff success yet, and ultimately, you know, that's what it's going to come down to, um, I think, for a successful season. But, man, this first half of the season, and uh, that's kind of the timing of, of where this podcast is coming in, 
is the Pacers are 30 and 16, and they're only a game and a half right now out of second place in the Eastern Conference. So they're they're behind uh, Miami, Toronto, Celtics, uh, 76ers. So when you're looking at the scores um, and you see those teams always root for a loss, um, Heat, Raptors, Celtics, 76ers, you know, it's like we want those guys to lose. Um, and it would be a really, it's worth fighting for to get that second seed because um, the way that the East is this year, really there's six good teams and then the seven and eight seed at this point are looking like they're going to be garbage and it's going to be like Orlando or Brooklyn or um, just a team that's not nearly the class of the top six in the East. So if you get that second seed, that means you get to play the seven seed, which is going to be one of those bad teams. Um, and that should be that should be good. So that would give the Pacers an opportunity to get their first playoff series win and uh, get a little get their feet wet, have some success in the playoffs and then be ready to give a run at a team, not uh, Milwaukee, because Milwaukee is going to be that first seed. So you'd avoid playing Milwaukee until the Eastern Conference Finals. And if you got that second seed, you'd have home court up up until you got to Milwaukee. So if you know and we're only, we're a game and a half out of out of second place. So I think the Pacers, you know, that's that's got to be the goal is to get that second seed. Um, even the third seed wouldn't be uh, terrible. It just means that your first round matchup is going to be um, against a tough team. And, and it could, I mean, Toronto, Philly, Boston, Miami, or that actually be one of those four teams. So uh, it's, you know, it's, ha yeah. So it's like, it's the halfway point. Um, and the team's done so well, 30 and 16. I mean, incredible, incredible. And, and the fact that Brogdon missed so much time. Uh, but, you know, I'm not even going to harp on the on, on like the negative. It's just it's it's got it's got us as, as you know, you follow the paper. I mean, whatever. It's just like this team is, is looking really strong for the next couple of years. I mean, TJ Warren uh, has been playing so well lately. Um, and, and then, you know, the, the big thing is that we have Old Depot coming back um, on Wednesday against the Bulls. And then we got a home game against the Knicks next. So we got two games that theoretically should be easier, that the Pacers should, should take care of business in both games. And then the next game is a home game against Dallas Mavericks, who that's now that's a that's enough. That's a big game. That's a game you get up for. That's Luka Doncic and uh, Porzingis and Mavs are, are one of the top teams in the uh, in the West. So, uh, you know, the Pacers could have some momentum here uh, leading up to those to that game uh, against in Dallas. And, and uh, you know, with with when Oladipo comes back, I mean, this who knows how good of a team we elevate to because he's or does do we just kind of stay the same or does it take some time? I mean, probably a mixture of all of that. Um, but I don't know, just the fact that Oladipo is coming back has gotten me pretty jacked. Uh, I was watching it. I watched it. I found an interview with old, that Oladipo had, and he's just talking about, you know, kind of the injury and, and what this past year has been like, because it, it's been, it's been just over a year now since he had his injury. And, uh, you know, he was saying uh, two things that stood out to me was the, he was saying he was going to, when he comes back, he's going full throttle. And 
I don't know if that means he's going full throttle for 20 minutes a game to start, or is he going full throttle, like, starting lineup 30 minutes against Chicago? Like, is he just ready to jump right in? Like, how how ready is he, you know? Uh, because it seems like there's, like, he came back, it seems like, on his own terms. He's obviously feeling really comfortable, I would say, about his return, which is a good thing. You know, you'd hate for it to be something where he feels like he's being rushed back. And uh, I don't know, man, what does full throttle mean? And then the other thing that he mentioned was that he has, you know, he's, he's talking about how he's just, like, lights out right now shooting. Like, he's like, I, he, he's talking about how he's, his, uh, He's, he can pull up from like anywhere right now. And then like he really extended his range. So not that I'd say Oladipo was average three point shooter, but has like, you want him shooting threes. Like you want him sh- definitely shooting. He's, no, he's probably above average. So if he's elevated his game in, into like, you know, if he's one of the, uh, like a real knockdown three point shooter, like over 40% or something like, whoa, that would be, that would be incredible for this team. And, uh, um, so anyways, that'll be something to look out for. Um, and so I'm just super, I'm, I'm jacked. I'm jacked for the team. Uh, I'm so, I was so excited, like watching when I found out Old Depot was coming back and then just, and seeing some of the pieces that they've had, uh, during like the games, uh, just about him coming back and, uh, man, it, it's gonna, it's just gonna be really exciting. And, uh, so I was like, okay, I'm curious, you know, like, I really think this, I really think this Pacers team. Uh, could be really good this year, it, especially. I mean, if Oladipo comes back and and he is as good as he was last year, even or uh, you know, I, let's just say he's he is what he was last year before the injury. By the time the playoffs come, I mean that this team is great. I mean, uh, I mean, could fit, fit, I think we, we could be really good. Uh, so, anyways, I put some money down, and so th- this is what the odds are right now. So, I bet that the I bet twenty dollars that the Pacers would win the East and the, and I get paid out four hundred and twenty if I win. And then if you put ten dollars that the Pacers win a championship, it pays six hundred and fifty dollars. So you know, house money here and uh that would be incredible if the Pacers <laughs> if the Pacers won. I couldn't believe the odds though. I was like wow I, I like our chances. I think we got a better. I think we got a better chance of that. I, it winning the East is a, is a real tough task, and I don't feel confident that in that. And that's what my bets are based off of. But yeah, I think we'll. I think we'll give it a run for its money. I, I, I do. I think uh, it's it's just how we're going to deal with Giannis. Um, if we can get past everybody else, so I think I do want to. This is one thing I was thinking about, and. Uh, when Oladipo comes back, it's like, yes, you know, I'm super excited. Um, I'm expecting great things from this team. And, but it could be, it might not go great to start with. And I think it was important to be patient uh, as he gets back in, uh, incorporated into the team, especially if he gets eased in, as in like only getting, you know, 10 to 20 minutes a game for a couple games or it just depends on what his role is and like so things are going to be up things are kind of going to be up in the air as soon as uh he he um puts a jersey on and so it it might take a little bit for it to land in its right spot but i mean this team i man turner sabonis t 
TJ Warren, Victor Oladipo, and Malcolm Brogdon. That's a strong five. That's a strong five. Um, and it's just been great. Like the the team really did a good job picking up these new guys. And this the start of this season has just been um, way beyond what I what I would imagine. So. So this is what I, I, I wanted to just kind of to just to kind of structure this a little bit. It's like I think that I think that the Pacers are on pace. I, like I, I just think that they, they're gonna they're gonna start to get on the map here. Um, and It's gonna be. It's gonna start getting really fun. It's gonna start getting really fun. I think I just like. I'm starting to get really excited for the playoffs, and uh, this team is. We're gonna really get to see what we've got here. Like because I can't wait to see how how certain guys perform the playoffs. Because when you think about the guys on this team right now, there's not much. Well, there's no playoff success really. Like from our core guys. Well, I mean Brogdon. I guess last year with the Bucks, he had a good run, and. Um, but he's a new addition to the play to the Pacers, so we haven't seen him in a Pacers jersey have playoff success. McConnell had good playoff success with Philly, but same thing, new addition. Like Sabonis hasn't had it. Turner hasn't had it. Um, Oladipo, I mean, he's had good moments and like, but we haven't won a series yet. So T.J. Warren hasn't been in the playoffs. Jeremy Lamb hasn't been in the playoffs. Aaron Holiday playoffs Justin Holiday. I mean I, I know he won that championship with Golden State but I don't know how much playoff uh, big minutes he's had McDermott I don't think he's he's been in the playoffs um, so this team's very um, waited waiting to be tested and we're gonna get it this year in the playoffs so we're gonna get to see where we're at and how do we how do we compete against you know, a team like Toronto or a team like uh, Boston or Miami in the playoffs, or a team like Milwaukee. Like, where are we at with against these teams? Um, how big? How clutch is Brogdon and, and Oladipo? Um, how uh, how good of a scorer is TJ Warren? I mean, because I'm thinking TJ Warren, he's basically like our third option, right? Like when when. When Oladipo comes back, you got Brogdon making the decisions, going to Oladipo one, Sabonis one B, and Warren, and then you got Turner for the kickout threes. Um, but Turner just locks in on D. Uh, man, this team is—I I cannot wait to see this team with with Oladipo. And that's—I I will try not to say that anymore because I know I've been uh, saying that quite a bit here recently. Um, you know, another thing that I was just thinking about is just this team and how much better uh, how much better this team is than last year's team and how much higher of a ceiling this team has compared to last year's team. And so, you know, just, man, you just look, you just are thankful that the, the Pacers made the moves that they made, they made and, and acquired, um, you know, someone like Malcolm Brogdon, uh, who is, you know, obviously playing really, really well. Uh, for the Pacers this year, you know, bringing in T.J. Warren, I think is, you know, T.J. Warren has been super impressive this year, and in a weird way, he's kind of, 
everything that Bogey was, but they just have different games. And but Warren can just straight up crush it. And uh, I don't know. So I just think that you know the Pacers made some really good moves, and this year's team has a much higher ceiling, I believe, than last year's team. It was just limited with Thad Young and Darren Collison and Corey Joseph and and Bogdanovich. You know, they were all nice players, and they still have years left to be productive. But having this team, it's like, okay, that was, I, those were the right moves. If you see our team now, it's like, those are the right moves. Um, and so this is what I want to spend uh, the majority of this podcast on, is just running through the players at, you know, this midway point, and just kind of talking about each player and, and how I feel like their seasons are going. And, uh, you know, I'll just you get through some here at the, at pretty quickly. Like, you know, the guys at the very end of the bench, Alzay Johnson, we just haven't seen him play. I think he's still putting up big, big numbers uh, when he plays for the Mad Ants, but uh, we just haven't seen enough information on Alzay uh, to really make an opinion on him. Uh, Jakar Sampson, another guy very into the bench, many times doesn't play, but he's actually started a few games. Every time he's been called upon, he's been ready. Uh, he brings a lot of good energy. I like I like his energy. He's got pretty good size. He kind of seems like someone who who might match up well against some of those uh, more elite small forwards. Uh, he's kind of got a body closer to like a Kawhi or a LeBron, just like or an Iguodala type kind of broad-shouldered guy. Uh, but he's just real raw on the offensive end handles passing shooting uh but Jakar you know he's been he's been actually nice when when he's played so uh, he's he's been kind of good TJ Leaf another guy he's I haven't seen TJ Leaf play in a long time I, I could look up and see uh you know when the last time he played but I don't care so he's not playing um it's it's DNP City for TJ this year he just kind of is here I don't know um not much else about about old uh, about old TJ Leaf. Um, Edmund Sumner, another guy. He's shown flashes. I liked I like Sumner's game, uh, but it's just not enough. It's not consistent enough. And you know, it it's like all right. I don't think Sumner. I mean, barring any injury, is is going to play much of a much more of a role on this team. Especially when Oladipo comes back, I see his, you know, he's probably just going to be on the, one of those guys that just not get any minutes, but it's all right. I mean, he's, he's still a nice guy to have on your bench and, and, you know, he could, he could bring energy if you, if you're desperate. Um, he, he is scoring a little bit more. He's averaging five points a game, but, you know, he's just not, he's not getting a consistent run. Uh, the next guy is Gogo Bataze, our rookie. 18th pick uh, last year's draft. Goga's probably one of the most disappointing, one of the most disappointing players, if not the most disappointing this year. But, you know, I'm not giving up on Goga. Um, He's got the tools. He just hasn't been able to put it together yet in in very meaningful ways. And, um, you know, that's the one thing I hope we see this like before this season's up, it's just a little bit, some flashes of Goga. Like he's not going to, I don't think he's going to, I sure don't think he will be ready to play in the playoffs unless we see a drastic improvement and um, a, an ability to like, I don't know, 
play the game. Like he just always seems out. He always just seems like he's going to turn the ball over or like, he just doesn't seem comfortable out there. Um, even though he's, he's got the, he definitely has the ability to do some nice things and the three pointers not falling, but it's like, I love that. He just, you know, he keeps shooting it, but, um, we just need to see that knock down his game is just not quite translated yet. And, uh, you know, I still have a ton of hope for Goga, uh, you know, maybe just this first year, just kind of get it, you know, get him acquainted. Uh, get definitely got to be a totally different life and stuff for the guy, uh, being here, but. I don't know. He just, we just haven't seen as many bright spots as I, I would have liked. And um, that's just unfortunate. But maybe, maybe we'll see some. And, and uh, that, that would be really good to see him put together a couple, just some spurts. Just give us, give us a taste of what you can do. Like, just show us some, some moments. Um, he's still a favorite of mine, though. But uh, Goga is probably not going to be in the rotation come playoff time. Um, all right, the next pacer here, dun -dun, Justin Holiday. Uh, Holiday, you know, new guy to this year's team. Uh, Holiday's really been impressive to me because of his ability to um, lock guys up on defense and really just knock down the three-point shot. Uh, he's been pleasantly uh, efficient from the three-point line this year. He seems like a really good teammate. Like he just, he's kind of just kind of, he's just kind of chill, uh, but he plays with intensity. He plays hard. Um, he's got good chemistry with that bench unit, like with uh, McDermott and McConnell and Aaron Holiday. You know, they've, they've all got some good, uh, some good uh, chemistry going there for that second unit. Um, what about, what else about Justin? You know, he he is he's fine he, he's fine i think he's a good he's a good uh a guy to have on your bench and i think he's probably going to play in the playoffs um i mean he's getting 25 minutes a game right now which is about as much as jeremy lamb at the moment who's our starting shooting guard um it will be interesting to see how you know justin holiday's role changes with vic i mean all all these guys like it could i mean aaron holiday tj mcconnell now, all those stuff, all those guys that, you know, play that, play the guards positions. Who knows? But, you know, injuries always happen. So it's nice to have the depth. I mean, it's rather, unless we're going to use that depth to make a move. And which I mentioned in my podcast last time, you know, and I was thinking about it and I, don't, I still don't know if I love that idea, but uh, it was like getting rid of trading Jeremy Lamb back to Charlotte and getting Cody Zeller in return. And I think that I just know it works salary wise. I don't know if Charlotte would be interested in that. Um, but I still think that that's something that the Pacers could explore if there was a way to improve that backup big position, unless I'm crazy, maybe McDermott can play that role, but I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like we're missing something there. Missing something at that backup big. It's like, it's not going to be Goga. It's not going to be TJ Leaf. It's not, I mean, maybe it's just that you split Sabonis and Turner center minutes. That's something. That's a, That's actually not, yeah, yeah. You could do like for sure 24 minutes of center with Sabonis and then 24 minutes of center with Turner. 
yeah, then they overlap for 10 to 12 minutes. Maybe that's what they do in the playoffs. So maybe, and then, so if that's the case, then it's like, I because I like Jeremy Lamb, it seems silly to think about trading him for a guy like Cody Zeller, who I think Cody could really help the Pacers. But I don't know. Maybe, I mean, Jeremy Lamb could be pretty damn good. And Jeremy Lamb can score the ball. And uh, if we had an injury to Vic or, or Malcolm, it would be, it would be tough to rely on just McConnell and Holiday and Sumner. So it is nice having Lamb. Anyways, um, Justin Holiday, what's his role going to be when Victor returns? And does he play in the playoffs? That's what, that's what I'm wondering. Um, okay, moving on to Aaron Holiday. Um, Aaron, you know, it, this is Aaron's second year in the, seat, in the league. Um, I think he's definitely improved from last season. Although interest, and at, and at first I thought, you know, I was just looking at his box scores and just, you know, based off of watching the games and ultimately uh, that's what I kind of lean towards more than, than the box score, I think, is to me, Aaron Holiday has, has improved and he shows me that he's still somebody that I want um, on this team or he's a, he is a, a good asset to have. Um, the fit's not great. The fit's not great when, when, you, when we already have McConnell, who it seems like we can't not play McConnell, and McConnell's a six-foot guard. It's like when Lamb comes back, or when Oladipo comes back, Lamb moves into that two-guard, or does, you know, where, where does Aaron go? So, I don't know. I just seem like, ugh, we... As, as much as I love Aaron Holiday, I just... What are we going to do with what's his role for us in, over the next three years? Like, when is he ever going to have the minutes that we would want a player of his caliber to have? So, therefore, it's like I heard Minnesota Timberwolves were interested in Aaron Holiday. Um, I don't know what the trade market's out is out there for Aaron Holiday, but I think if you're the Pacers and you could get something good in return, I would be interested in and in, you know Aaron moving someone like Aaron Holiday or someone like Jeremy, Jeremy Lamb even. Uh, but if nothing happens, I'm totally cool with that too because I, I do think Jeremy Lamb uh, can be a, a contributor in the playoffs. Um, how do I keep ending up on Jeremy Lamb? I'm talking about Aaron Holiday here. He improved from last season. Um, I got Jeremy Lamb on the heart. But... Uh, no, but I was looking, okay, so it's like his numbers, Aaron Holiday. He's at 10 points, three and a half assists, and he's getting twice as many minutes last year as he was from last year, and his stats last year were exactly half of this. He was averaging five and, and one and a half. So his, his number, his box score numbers that he's putting up are equal to the amount of minutes increase that he's had. Um, and I think recently, he, he just seems like he's, he's, he's added some things to his game. Like, he... It, he seems bet, he seems more tough on defense. He seems more up in guys' face. He seems more aggressive. He seems more confident out there. And I, I, I probably said this before, but you know I think that's the T.J. McConnell effect that that he's having on Aaron Holiday, picking guys up full court. You know every once in a while, trying to get that you know uh, that poor man steal, that head game steal. Um, and 
So I like the I like the changes that he's had on his on his defense, um, and I think he's starting to look to pass a little bit more when he's out there. Um, but when you look at this team, uh, ultimately Aaron's just not as consistent. I think that we would have that he would have to be in order to find minutes in our playoff rotation, and I'm. And that's kind of I keep saying that, but that's that's really what I'm thinking about because that's what matters when you're competing in the playoffs. It's like it's well known that guys who play all season long don't play in the playoffs because it's you know it's jacked up. The games the games matter more. You just play your you play your guys that can play, and so it's important to have seven, eight like our six, seven, and eight guys. Like they need to be just as important as those top five. We have our top five. And then I think right now it would still be like Jeremy Lamb could do it. And then it, 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 TJ McConnell, I think, can do it. And then it's kind of like McDermott, um, Justin Holiday. You know, I don't know. So we'll just have to see. But for Aaron, he's probably not playing this year in the playoffs. And I would just be interested to hear what what is being offered for his services, and um, if it, you know, I would just be I would just love to see what what that what we might be able to get for Aaron. And I know that sounds like I don't like him, but and that's not true because I do like Aaron Holiday. I think he's really good. I think he could be, and this is why I think you could move Jeremy Lamb. Also, is that. You know, that scoring punch off the bench, like, I love that role, but, you know, we don't need two six-mans. We don't need a six-man and a tenth-man. I don't know. I'm talking kind of crazy because injuries could always happen, and it'd be nice. It's I'm, I'm good with Aaron Holiday, but if, the, if, if it was something, I just would like to know what we could get for him. That's it. Um, but he's, he's had a good year. Not great, but good. Next up, TJ McConnell. TJ McConnell has been a uh, remarkable pickup for the Indiana Pacers. He is a guy that affects the game. Um, you just always know that he's on, when he's on the court. It's it's the it's the opposite of a guy like sometimes you know Jeremy Lamb and. Uh, I, I keep there you go talking about Jeremy Lamb again. I, I guess I should just talk about him, but no, with TJ, um, you know, and and this is uh, the thing I've, I've mentioned this before, but I have this spreadsheet that I made, and this is um, this is my mothership of data that I talked like so. I just have like these player profiles, and I was looking at what I was thinking about TJ last year before he played a game as the Pacers, and. I said, you know, he's going to be a Mr. Hustle candidate. And also the fact that is he going to play in front of Aaron Holiday and Edmund Sumner? Like, that's how low, like, I guess kind of low I thought about TJ McConnell. I, I, I didn't know how good he really was because, man, he's just been, he's like a Tasmanian devil out there on the basketball court. And He's the guy just like drawing charges and he just causing shit. And it's nice to have that guy coming off your bench and he's dropping dimes too. So he's 
uh, averaging over five and a half assists in just 20 minutes of action, which is, that's incredible. Um, he just seems like a really good teammate. Uh, McConnell's been, uh, I think he fits the Pacers culture perfectly. His toughness, um, he, his fact that he's willing to sacrifice, um, he always, his intensity, I love, I love McConnell's intensity. I think he has won the hearts of uh, Pacer fans, at, at the ones that are, are tuned in at this point. And I got a Malcolm Brogdon jersey, which I'm starting to, I, I don't know, like I, McConnell and TJ Warren, to be honest, are, there's so many, the, both of those guys have been so good this year. I'm kind of thinking like, man, I don't know, man, I don't, although Brogdon had this moment, if, I don't know if, uh, what game was this? Oh, gosh. I think it was maybe against Minnesota. It was within the last week or two weeks. And the game was coming down to the, down to the wire. And the Pacers were maybe up by like two. And, you know, the game was still like, oh, we don't know what's going to, how it's going to end. And Brogdon had this like drive to the lane, left hand dunk uh, in traffic. And it just like put the Pacers up for game on ice. And it's like, that was, he does that when he's at the free throw line at the end of games. There's just like this calm, calmness about Brogdon. Um, it's incredible. So why was I talking about Brogdon? I'm talking about uh, TJ McConnell. I guess maybe just the fact that, you know, those are those are two guys that are um, leading the team in assists. Um, McConnell's been better than advertised. Uh, just gonna leave it at that. He's he's gonna he gets an A in my in my opinion um, this year. All right, next guy, Doug McDermott, and thinking back to. Thinking back to last year, McDermott was, that was his first year with the Pacers last year, signed him to three years, I think seven million a year. So this is year two of his contract. Um, <clears throat> McDermott was a guy who like had been with like five teams in five years, like hadn't been in one place for two years, I don't think. And last year he came in and he had some flashes. I remember he had a game and I think it was on the West, like on a Western Western Conference like road trip last year that he had like two or three like really good games in a row and he's actually doing that as we speak this past this past uh road trip McDermott's had like 24 points I think twice with like six threes and I mean just ridiculous shooting and he's so he's doing that way more this year he's he's averaging uh 10 points a game this year in only 20 minutes of 21 minutes of action He's taken that. He's taken like a really good, a really good step from last year being like a good shooter to being an elite shooter. And he's being mentioned in the three point shooting contest at, during All Star Weekend. So he's starting to. Um, I think it, we, we're getting a big enough sample size this year to see like, damn, McDermott can can flat out shoot the basketball and actually just score the basketball in general. And so he might just be so good that he, you know he's going to be on that playoff roster, or obviously the roster, but the playoff rotation. Um, the question to me is how, how big of a piece can he be? I remember last year in the playoffs, you know, it was, it was bad news bears for, for Dougie buckets. So how does he perform this year? You know, he feels like, I think he 
is got a better fit in the team. Like when he comes in off the bench, he's gunslinging, and that's how that's the only way he need, that's the only only reason for him to be out there is to 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 score the basketball, and uh, he's been doing that this year. It's been great. Uh, he's 28 years old, you know. He fits this Pacers window so perfectly. Um, I think he has the he has the capability to me to be like a 50, 40, 90 guy. Right now, um, uh, he's shooting 45% from three. He is his free throw is what's pissing me off. Not pissing me off. Jeez, talk about overreacting. Gosh, <laughs> that was embarrassing. Pissing me off, man. McDermott, 79% from free throws? Come on, man. <laughs> Gosh. I'm a child. Um, but McDermott's been great. He's finding he's got stability in Indiana. He's perfect off the bench for us. He's got the he he's he's um I think he's a guy you can win with. But we gotta see in the playoffs. Alright, moving on. Jeremy Lamb. Jeremy, Jeremy Lamb. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, all right. What's going on with Jeremy Lamb this year? So he has been, when he plays, he's a starter. He's had some injuries. Um, started the season on, I mean, he was on a scoring binge. I think he was averaging close to 15, 16 points, you know, maybe around Thanksgiving, Christmas time even. He was 15, but it's been... Uh, Scoring's been coming down lately, and so there's some <clears throat> there's some recency bias there's some recency bias baked into into me talking about these players because you know um, if you've been playing well lately, aka TJ Warren, I'm over the moon for you. So I'm trying not to be too focused on just what's been going on recently, but it, I, I'm concerned. I'm I'm concerned about Jeremy Lamb. <clears throat> And I'm hopeful, though, because there's no question, like, the raw talent that Jeremy Lamb has. If, I mean, if he, if he had, like, a Danny Green-type role for this Pacers team, just, like, knock down threes, uh, drive when you can just, like, blow past your man, be really solid on defense. I mean, surprise people with the athleticism, with some blocks, like some, uh, you know, he already, Jeremy Lamb does a really good job of rebounding. And and we need Jeremy Lamb to be the, I think in order for him to be like really impactful, shining in his role for the Pacers, it's, he needs to be a little tougher. Like he needs to be a little in your face more. To me, he seems to be, and this sucks to say, but like just watching, it's like, he's just talking to the refs the whole time. And like, it, it seems like he might be thinking more about how he's playing as an individual, as far as like, is the shot going down? Because if the shot's not going down, like his body language is just almost like defeated and it, and that doesn't mean that he's playing any worse than he would be if he had different body language or whatnot but it just is like you notice that and it's like is he what is he thinking about right now <clears throat> so it's like for me jeremy lamb should try to figure out like how can you impact this team how can you impact the game how can we know you're out there more than just when your shot's falling because Frankly, it's like TJ Warren's been doing that. I mean, we got we got guys that can make shots, and the challenge is, what else can you do? <clears throat> but it, it so I'm looking okay, and so the, here's where why I painted it negative to start with. It's just 
you know, over the last 10 games, it's, it's just, he started 10 games and he's shooting 24% from three averaging eight points a game. Um, the, the astounding thing is Jeremy Lamb over the season averages three free throw attempts per game on the year. Well, out of the last 10 games, he's only shot four free throws. So now like rookie level analysis says, oh, well, he's probably just shooting. Maybe he's settling for uh, three point shots or maybe he's just settling for jumpers and he's not uh, penetrating. I don't know. You know, and it's and it's only 10 games. It's not that much. And, you know, he could easily come out of this slump. He had like the last game, I think he had 16 points um, and was was much better against Golden State. so it's like, I don't know, he could be right back. But the, the thing is, as of lately, it, it's not looking good. And he seems to be bothered by it. And that's the same thing I get. I get that vibe with, like, Miles um, Turner a lot, too, where it's almost like it really matters how much fun they're having is, is their shot falling. And I get it. Like, if you're, if you're somebody who gets paid millions of dollars to put the ball in the hoop, and you're shooting the ball like you do, normally you make, and you miss, 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 miss. I get where you get frustrated, but I think that's where it's like, yeah, but man, if you could just realize, like, we want you to keep shooting because that's what you do, but like, don't give up on defense. Like, play harder on defense. Or, like, I don't know. I sound like a... Um, like a broody-type fan i don't know just kind of like oh but it's all about uh teamwork and uh you know personal values and like i don't know like i i don't know how much this stuff really impacts the games but jerry lamb's been struggling lately and it's about to get weird for him moving to the bench when oladipo comes back fingers crossed it's it's just um a blessing in disguise for, for Jeremy Lamb, that he no longer is with those starters. And when he comes in, see, and this is where it's all going to be different. That lineup that we had, that we have so much success with right now, is when Sabonis checks, so like Sabonis checks out halfway through the first quarter and then towards the very end of the first quarter, it's like the, the bench mob of Sabonis, Justin Holiday, McDermott, McConnell, and Aaron Holiday play. Um, but now you're going to have Jeremy Lamb in there. So I don't know what that does to that lineup. And that's really what this whole integration of Oladipo is about, is that everything's going to probably change. And it should change uh, because, you know, we're adding in a piece that is going to need shots and it's and someone who's going to need the basketball and it's going to need to get assists and going to need to get rebounds and steals. And that means somebody else isn't. And we got a lot of guys on this team who are playing well, and it sucks to see them have to sacrifice that. But that's what I guess, you know, ultimately is the test. And it's like, is it can the team be good enough together to win a championship per se? I don't know. I hope this Pacer team can. That would be uh, really fun to watch. So I'm ready to see Jeremy Lamb be unleashed with the bench unit like you know, be aggressive, play your game. Uh, going up against lesser competition too should be nice. Um, 
But ultimately, I also like want to know is kind of like Aaron Holiday I mentioned, you know, is he someone that we could maybe move in order to get a different player? Because, you know, really, we're, we're, we got Jeremy Lamb for three years and it's on a good, good contract. I, yeah, I don't know it off the top of my head, but I think it's in that 10 to 14 million probably range. And so he's a good player and I hope he works out for the Pacers. Um, but I think if you're the GM, you just always have to be thinking like, all right, what can I be doing to make this team have a higher ceiling? Because that's what we ultimately always have. Like we got to, the Pacers have to max out their capacity that they have um, in order to be a team that has Anthony Davis and LeBron James or, you know, like it, it's just, it's got to be team. And so we'll see. Um, fingers crossed. Jeremy Lamb's good enough to contribute in the playoffs. And um, that's the main thing that I want to see this second, second half this year is, is Jeremy Lamb just impacting the game in more ways than just scoring. So whenever he has an off night, like keep up the rebounds and just like, I don't know, man, bring it, bring a little bit more energy. And, um, but who knows? Everybody's different. That's just my observations. Um, all right, moving on. Another guy who hasn't had the best year, um, I would think was probably looking for more. Um, another guy who's probably been hit the most with sacrifice, especially with the success that Sabonis has been having, uh, st especially statistically that Sabonis has been having. Um, but yes, that's true. Uh, and I'm talking about Miles Turner. But there also seems that there might be a little bit more too. like feels like you could have probably overcome that maybe a little bit better. Um, everything's dipped a little bit for Turner and we, we know that the points would. Um, we know that the rebounds would a little bit, although I would actually like to see at those those have gotten uh, more. I, I think it's just almost a testament to how. I don't know, like why does Sabonis get that many rebounds and Turner does like Sabonis gets twice as many rebounds as Turner. Is it because Turner's doing a great job of boxing out and Sabonis is just grabbing rebounds? I think most of Sabonis's rebounds, you know, are in traffic. And um, I don't know. I just feel like uh, Turner could probably do a little bit better job on the rebounding. And ultimately, if he, his role seems like it's going to be elite interior defense to the max, like max that shit out, man. Like focus on being explosive, strong, like, like you have to figure out how to deal with Embiid. And yeah, there's not many people that really could like Steven Adams, for example, would be a decent guy, somebody with that, that big and strong. So it's like Turner really needs to, in my opinion, he's gotta be more physical. In the in in the paint on the defensive defensive end, like yeah, he gets blocks, but and he impacts the he, it definitely impacts the the quality of shots that our opponents get because of his length and, and the fact that you know he can put he can he can he blocks he just blocks a lot of shots. I mean, his numbers are down this year, but he's still sixth in the league. So last year he led the league in in, in blocks. This year he's sixth. Um, his three-point percentage is down from last year. 
Um, everything's just down a little bit, and it seems like Miles is not having that fun of a season. But with every single player, and, and that's why it's just like a completely... It's like we're hitting reset, but we have a lot of momentum because of how well this team's played leading up to Oladipo, but it's truly going to be a different thing. And so, I don't know. Hopefully, the, hopefully the return of Oladipo increases the play of Miles Turner, increases his spirits, because he really is so important to this team on the defensive end. I mean, he anchors the paint for us. Um, and so... It's like miles man that is enough that that's your role man like i know like just embrace that shit and get better at it like get figure out you know how to become a better a rebounder and position yourself better and work on that shot because that's the shot you're getting you're getting threes um you just got to make do with that that's that's what we need from you so just be really really good at those things and then he's he's in you can't trade him because what are you going to trade him for like because he fills a need that we have that only he can provide at this point goga's not providing that goga's not even giving us he's not even close to being able to to be at miles turner's level so uh, it's turner's just in, he's just in a tough spot but i don't know man that's just how it goes so i can see why he's unsettled if he is uh, but he's he's a great. I mean, he's great to have on this team. I mean, he's really really good. Um, but ultimately, he kind of just leaves me wanting more toughness and a little bit more patience on the offensive end. If I, it just seems like he is uh, maybe rushing a little bit more than not not even. I don't even think I can compare it to last year. But it just seems like he's not as comfortable this year. You know, and he, I think of, it's like, yeah, we got Sabonis now and they're playing together and Sabonis is doing a really good job. Uh, but I think Miles is t struggling to figure out where he belongs and what his, like, when should he cook, you know? And uh, he's just not getting getting quite the run. So it'll be interesting. And, it, and but here's the thing, it could be, like I talked, like I was thinking with those, the playoff minutes and what I was worried about is really that, you know, center position um, because of the fact that Goga's, I don't, is not going to be ready. It's like Turner could dominate shit for 12 minutes during a playoff game while Sabonis is on the bench at the center position, you know, and the same way could go for Sabonis. So, I don't know. He he. I do not want to see Turner get traded. He's. We have to have him in order to protect the paint, and we're just going to need him to consistently, or I guess uh, he just needs to elevate his game a little bit more, especially the things that we need him to do. Um, and hopefully, when Vic returns, that role makes a little bit more sense, and he has a much better second half of the season than he did in the first half. But uh, Turner's still been nice. Like, he's still a nice player. Uh, but this is a guy... Okay, so I got one, two, three, four players left. 
And in that order, in this order, I think is, is the pecking order for the Pacers. Actually, I've been, this whole um, chain of players has, has been in order of value, I think, that they bring to the Pacers at this point in time. So TJ Warren, new guy, first year with the Pacers. Um, TJ spent the first four or five years of his career in Phoenix and just, you know, Phoenix never made the playoffs during that time. They were um, usually abysmal. I don't, I don't know what their best record was while he was there, but not good. They lost a lot of games. Um, TJ was a guy who averaged 18, 19 points a game for two, three years in a row. Uh, he struggled. I think he had a lot of injuries or something was going on where he missed a lot of games. Um, so there were some question marks. The, the, the Pacers actually were able to, to acquire TJ Warren's services by just giving up cash. And uh, when you look at TJ Warren, he's got a, a very favorable contract. Uh, we have him for the next three years and he's at 11 to 12 million a year. So he's a guy giving you 18 points a game on really good shooting, 51% from the field, uh, 38 from, from three, 81 from free throw. Uh, he's been, he has been a pleasant surprise this year for the Pacers overall. And, you know, everybody, I think, well, I, I should, like a lot of the, so I listen to a couple different Pacer podcasts and they say this, uh, you know, well, where am I going with this? What was I talking about there? Talking about TJ Warren. Oh, TJ Warren's defense. Yes, that's what I was going to talk about. Like, it's like oh, that, that's kind of like a talking point. If you follow the Pacers, it's like, oh, TJ, got, TJ Warren got really good at defense this year. And uh, it seems definitely seems to be true. Like, it seems to be true because he's oftentimes taking on uh, some of the tougher matchups out there. Um, like, I, I, I remember against Phoenix, he, he's locked on to Devin Booker there in the second half after Booker had gone for like 14 in the first half. Um, Warren pretty much locked him down. Um, I don't know if he, he, so he's been, and that was, I guess, you know, that was a thing back with Phoenix was he was notorious for not being a good defender. And this year he's showing that, that he has. And I'm wondering, you know, is TJ Warren actually like our best option right now when it comes to some of the best players in the East, like Pascal Siakam with Toronto or, uh, Antetokounmpo with Milwaukee. Like, do we put TJ Warren on those guys? And I don't know. Maybe right now, maybe right now that is our best bet. But I think the Pacers use more of a team defensive scheme too. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm definitely talking out of turn at this point, not knowing really how defense works in the NBA. It's hard for me to judge. I, it just seems like he, he comes up with quite a few steals. He seems to be in the mix a lot. And, uh, that's kind of how I judge what I think like a defensive impact is. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm starting to appreciate as watching TJ Warren is just his kind of the aura about him. He just seems like a guy who's really, um, really chill, pretty just like, you know, probably just kind of keeps to himself most of the time, like um, almost kind of introverted. And at least like on the basketball court, it kind of looks like, like he's not a guy who's going to be like really um, probably leading the conversation much. And, but, but like he just plays his role and does his thing. 
so perfectly. Um, and like, I don't know, he just seems like a really cool guy. <laughs> what am I talking about, man? Like, he's a really cool guy. Like, I, you know, he seems like a guy you'd want to get a beer with. Um, no, I don't know. I just like, I like TJ Warren's game. I like his, I like the aura that he has and uh, the vibes that he's putting out. It's cool. And he's on this, uh, so when you watch like Fox Sports Midwest and watch the Pacers games, you got Victor Oladipo now has a car commercial. It's for um, like an imports car, uh, so like fancy cars. I think it's a used car dealership too. So I was kind of surprised by that. But anyways, it's like, you know, Porsche and, and Oladipo's like, yo, this is where I buy my cars. Like, you should come down and check out these cars too. Um, it's like, all right, that's cool. And so that commercial has been running for like a couple months. And then maybe like a month ago or so, there's this other commercial. And this commercial is Tom Roush. And it's like, it's got this kind of older guy with white hair talking, you know, about how great his car dealership is. And then uh, at the end of the commercial, they say, uh, you know, come on down to Tom Roush, a pussycat on price. And uh, <laughs> it's like, why are you saying that still? You, you're a pussycat on price. Like, <laughs> but anyways, TJ Warren now is spokesperson for Tom Roush, pussycat on price. And I just like, man, that's, that's the, that is like the coolest car dealership for TJ Warren to, uh, to, to sponsor or get sponsored by. And I wish they did that more. Like I wish like even like lower level car dealerships would sponsor like TJ Leaf for like hundred, no, like it would probably take like a thousand or I don't know. No, you know what? I'm just being mean now. It's, that's kind of like, uh, kind of like bullying maybe a little bit there. Like, oh, you know, you suck. Um, so yeah, TJ Warren, it's been great this year. He's the third option in my opinion. He's he's proven himself to be like he has he has like he has the capabilities of having a game where he gets four points. Uh, but most nights he's gonna give you 20 to 24. Sometimes he pops off a couple 30s. Um, and he does it with like just a mid-range game and just an interior game that's incredible. Like he makes so many shots that you're just like, well. It's, uh, I guess that goes in because it's TJ Warren and he hits open threes. Uh, he drives well. He's played better defense. The, the, the one thing I would love to see TJ Warren get a little bit more aggressive with is his rebounding. I think that would make a big, if, he, if him and Turner could turn it up just a little bit more on the defensive, on the uh, rebounding end, I think that would help. It also probably help getting Oladipo back, although I don't know how much of a rebounder he'll be See, that's the thing. It's going to be so interesting with, with Oladipo. Does he come back, you know, full throttle, like he says? Does that mean, like, he's catching lobs and he's, you know, really running and jumping? Or is it like, I'm working into this? I don't know. That's what I'm just fascinated to, to see on Wednesday. And we're going to get to see it. I mean, it's the next game. Oladipo's back. It's incredible. It needs to be said all over all over the place. Everyone should be talking about Oladipo's return and uh, this Pacers team, you know, making a charge for the first first seed in the East, coming out and coming in as conference uh, favorites into their into the regular season. That'd be crazy, crazy way to end the second half of the season. Um, 
But yeah, I guess I think for TJ, uh, for TJ Warren, he's having the best year of his career. You know, uh, I don't think there's any way to question that. He's putting up the same numbers that he did in Phoenix, uh, but he's doing it on a winning uh, playoff contending basketball team. So he's starting every game. Uh, you know, it, durability was one of his uh, kind of question marks. And he's showing, you know, hey, so far he started every single game, 46 out of 46. And so he's been one of our most reliable players, one of our most reliable scorers. Um, I'm glad we got TJ Warren. Two, uh, three more years with TJ with TJ Warren. Uh, all right, moving on. Three guys left. Uh, so here's where I eventually think you're going to have three all stars. You know, as of next year, um, and this guy should hopefully. It sounds like he will make the all star team this year. Is Domantas motherfucking Sabonis, who he, he has been. He's been so good this year um it's almost hard to believe like the the uh, improvement that he has i think i think he should actually be a, a candidate for most improved player this year you know the, even though he was a candidate for it last year i mean the jump he's making this year he's putting up dominating um box score numbers but just the the way that he's playing is just like as an enforcer i mean he uses his frame he bodies people in the post. Um, he sets amazing screens. He he plays wider than he is. Um, he has a solid game. He's, you know, he can knock down the mid-range. I think, I mean, he can. He's wide open. He has to start shooting that three-pointer. Uh, I would just love for him to start shooting that three-pointer with more confidence. And look, let it fly, man. It's okay if you shoot two or three a game. Just let it fly if you're wide open. Just let it fly. Um, it's a good shot. Uh, especially, I mean, Sabonis can do it, but sometimes he's way off too. Um, he's gotten a little bit better with his free throw shooting this year. Overall, I just think everywhere his game has improved. Lately, he's been really showing off. I've just noticed like some highlight type passes. Um, he's been playing really well with that second unit with McDermott. Uh, the two-man game he has with Brogdon is insane. And now you're going to be able to play him with Oladipo. And... Sabonis so is having just an amazing season. So glad that we signed him to that extension. You know, four years, total of 77 million. So, you know, basically 17, 18 million a year. Another bargain contract. I mean, I think when you look at this Pacers team, like Oladipo is a bargain for 20. The only guy that's like really getting like market value, I think, is Brogdon at 25. Like, I don't think Brogdon. Now, some people might even argue he's a max player if he signed a new contract today, but I don't think he's quite a max player and the Pacers are paying him pretty well. I think, you know, 20, 21, 22, kind of, you know, in that little low 20 range. Um, but the Pacers, you know, they got Turner down for 477 as well, or 72. Warren's cheap, Lamb's cheap. Like they've got good bargain contracts. Um, and that's exciting going into the future. So, you know, back to Sabonis. I mean, he's third on the team in assists behind Brogdon and McConnell, so he's passing that ball well this year. He's been amazing in the pick and roll. He, Turner, I mean, uh, Sabonis just seems like the perfect teammate. Like, I, he plays hard all the time. He picks guys up. Like, he plays with a lot of emotion. Um, and let's not forget, right, Sabonis and Oladipo are buds. They, they were guys that got traded from Orlando, to Oklahoma City, and then from Oklahoma City 
to Indiana. And they've been tight, you know, the two previous years when Oladipo was here. And I mean, he's never left, but, you know, Vic and Sabonis have a bond. And, uh, you know, that's going to be cool. He's just, you know, hopefully he makes the all-star because he's, he's averaging 18, 13, four assists a game. Pacers are doing really well. He's leading the team, I would say. I mean, Brogdon, I think, is, is, the, is the brains, but Sabonis is the body at this point. And then, you know, Turner and Warren and Lamb and then the bench mob, they do their thing. But, like, right now, Sabonis and Brogdon are clearly the two best players. Now we're going to bring in um, Oladipo, and this thing could get scary. Um, all right. So Sabonis has been great. Can't give him enough praise. He speechless. Sabonis has been great. All right. Uh, next guy, Malcolm Brogdon. So I was obviously, you know, that's my claim to fame. I asked, I posed the question last year if, if the Pacers should go out and sign Malcolm Brogdon. This was like February, January timeframe. And spoke it into existence because it, it happened. Pacers signed Malcolm Brogdon, um, and I didn't watch much of Malcolm Brogdon. I just thought, in theory, he fit. Like, I thought he was the perfect uh, co-partner to Oladipo. And he's played better than I, than I could have even imagined. I mean, it, and it's not even just the box score numbers, because those have been good. Um, he's averaging 17 points, 7 rebounds, 4... Or no, sorry, 17 points, seven re or seven assists, and four rebounds. Um, I think he's leading the league in free throw pursuit percentage at 92. You know, um, he's having a fine year statistically, and it's better than he was in, in Milwaukee. Um, but it's like the times when he scores, like he is super clutch. He feels poised. I think he's going to be somebody who can not crack under pressure in the playoffs. Like I think Brogdon's going to be a gamer. And I think the, the calmness and kind of that just basically just like Nate McMillan and right, having that right next to Oladipo in the playoffs with Sabonis. And then you sprinkle in TJ, and then you got TJ Warren. And I, I do this all the time. I just name, I'm just, I'm just amazed really at, at how good this, this team could be. Like in theory, these players, you know, they could still be getting better. Um, I know I'm being a super homer, but this this team is really good. Um, I'm, yeah, you know, I'm really excited about, I'm so excited about that, the Brogdon, um, uh, Brogdon and Oladipo pairing. And then just, I, I, I was like, all right, it's time to change my, my desktop picture at work. And so I've had, I changed it like a year and a half ago. I put like a, a Turner, Sabonis, um, Oladipo, this was before we made all the acquisitions this last summer. So it's a, a picture from last year's team. And then uh, this year I just updated it to a picture from the summer. And it was probably in like July because it, it's like a screenshot of like a, uh, of like a TV station and it says 90 degrees. So I think it's probably like a local Indianapolis station and it had a picture of um, Malcolm Brogdon with Nate McMillan and then Oladipo on the other side, and they all three kind of had their hands around each other, and they were smiling. Um, and uh, 
I saw I changed that to as my my background picture. And I was looking at it the other day, kind of just spacing out at work. And I was like, you know, these guys are so kind of like similar in size too. Like so, McMillan. McMillan was like he played for the. I, I think I've gone over this on this pod, but you know, it's, it's been a while. But like he played for the Seattle SuperSonics uh, with Gary Payton and Sean Kemp, Hershey Hawkins, Detlef Shrimp. Like they were they were a finals team, good team. Uh, but McMillan was always like a defensive first um, play, like assist, uh, like a pass first point guard. And I think like, and he was a hard nosed def- defender. He has good size, McMillan. If you look at him on this on the sideline, man, he's a big guy. McMillan was probably six. He's probably six four, six five. Um, and standing next to Brogdon, that's about how big Brogdon is too. Brogdon's probably six five, six four, six five. Um, you know, Brogdon is pretty thick, and then Oladipo is actually the smallest of the three, uh, but not not by far. Oladipo, you know, size has never been a problem for him because he's such a such a dynamic athlete that, like, you know, I like his chances against a guy two inches bigger than him, no matter what. Like, he's he's an elite athlete. Fingers crossed, he comes back with those same type of abilities um, after this injury. Um, but yeah, so defensively, Brogdon and, and Oladipo should really be able to get after guys in the backcourt and really funnel guys into the, the paint where you'd have, uh, Miles Turner protecting the paint, TJ Warren playing much, much better defense, uh, on the wing and Sabonis just, you know, being a physical body down there, hopefully keeping guys off the glass. Um, you know, that's if Sabonis is your worst defender, like, I, I guess that's all right. Probably all right. I mean, he's 6'11". He's, he's got some value being out there um, on the defensive end. It's not like you're trying to hide. Um, not like you're trying to hide a, a Muggsy Bogues out there on the defensive end. Um, and then, you know, one thing though about about Brogdon though, and is is he has been he's missed some games. He's missed some games for some different reasons. Uh, recent right now he's out for a concussion. He got elbowed in the head um, like two games ago. He's hurt his fingers. He missed quite a bit of time with a with like a lower back injury. So, you know, you just hope that that Brogdon stays stays uh, healthy, especially come time for the playoffs. That's what happened last year, if I remember right. He was like really good to start the season and then got injured. And then I think he came back in the playoffs for Milwaukee last year and played well in the playoffs. Actually, I think he played really well. Um, but I think I might have. Uh, yeah, I, I was just really, really excited that that the Pacers got Brogdon and he's been he's been every bit as good as I think we could have imagined. He's, he brings the leadership, he's serious, he's focused, and um, he's going to be the perfect running mate with, uh, with Victor Oladipo. I think, I think Rogan still has, he, he probably could have been an all-star this year had he not missed so much time. Um, and then the last guy is, is Victor Oladipo, and not much to, obviously we can't go off of anything because he hasn't played yet this year, um, but he's coming back. January 29th, 2020. Um, 
the stage has been set. The characters are like the characters are characters are in place here. Like we kind of know what we have on this team. We're winning right now. The expectation is to continue to win and for Oladipo to bring us to another level this year. And all that leads up to, in my opinion, we must win. We, we must win a first round series this year. And I, I, you could make a case that, um, let's say the Pacers end up getting the fourth seed or the fifth seed or even the sixth seed. And you have to play a Miami or a Toronto. Miami, actually, I don't see any excuses that the Pacers um, would ever lose to Miami in a series. I think the Pacers, when, when Oladipo comes back, I'm not worried about Miami. Um, the verdict is out on Toronto. Thankfully, we're going to get to see Toronto um, three three times, I believe, to the remaining part of the season. We got a we got a away game and then a home game, like a back to back against Toronto here in the next week. Um, Boston, you know, they're kind of in a similar boat with us. I mean, they got Kimball Walker, I guess, is their is their their go-to guy. I like. I'd rather have Vic than Kemba. I think. I think Vic could be could be more dynamic uh, than Kemba. Then you're looking at supporting cast. I mean, they've got Tatum and Brown and Hayward and Smart. And those guys are good. Um, we got Turner, Sabonis, Warren, Brogdon. We got a pretty good bench. Um, we got two really good bigs, and they have to play you know, Cantor and Daniel Tice right now, like we might be able to punish them inside or they might be able to use Tatum in the stretch four and, and take advantage of Sabonis. I don't know. It's a, it's, it, it'd be, it's a conversation to have. And so in that, and what I'm getting at there is like, all right, let's say we play Boston and, and, but we better not get swept. And, uh, it, we got to play better in the playoffs this year. We've got to show Turner cannot, Turner cannot be a bust. Sabonis so can't be a bust. This has to translate. This regular season success has to translate into the playoffs. That's why it's like, man, if we could just get that second seed, just give us, because because it's you got to do it once. And I think that's the, probably, you know, like Milwaukee last year had the best record and they got beat in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, wait, was it the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, well, they almost got beat in the second round against Philly. Yes, and then they got beat by Toronto. That's right. Yeah, so it's like you, uh, you. I think teams have to build up a, a a playoff resume just as much as they have to build up a regular season resume. And so this era of the Pacers is this year, twenty twenty playoffs. Next year, twenty one playoffs. The year after, twenty two playoffs. It's like I think like. This is really what we're looking at. So it's like, here's the, here's the run. What can we do? And then really, though, you could go further into the future uh, because, you know, we got Turner and, and Sabonis who are both so young. Uh, hopefully we could keep one of those guys around for, you know, 10, 15 years. That'd be great. I'd love to see Sabonis end up being like a, you know, a 10-time All-Star or like an 8-time All-Star. Um, I don't know. Actually, Sabonis is one of those guys that, 
who knows what he does with this this starting he's starting to pass the ball like if if this continues and he becomes you know really kind of like a Jokic but a more athletic Jokic um and if he could just extend that three like he could be in that all NBA type conversation I think with just you know just being a homer and just thinking as positively as I can yeah it's like Sabonis could be an all NBA type player um But we'll see. We'll have to see. And um, all right, that is that for the players. And so uh, we got eight games left against Toronto, Miami, and Boston to, to close out the season, the regular regular season. And those are three teams um, who are in our way, right? So uh, we kind of control our destiny against those teams. Um, Oladipo comes back on Wednesday. Beat the Bulls. Beat the Knicks. Luca comes to town. Um, is old, how's Oladipo? Let's go. There's our first star power match. Um, let's see what this team does against a star, some elite talent. And uh, but yeah, it's been fun. It's been it's been a great it's been a great start to the season. And um, we'll just have to see what happens here. You know, hold on tight because uh, this thing. You just never know. This year, this the to me, I think the finals is maybe not the finals. I mean, you gotta probably assume the the Lakers or the Clippers are probably gonna be the are probably gonna, one of those two teams is probably gonna win the finals. But I just I'm not that. I know Milwaukee's winning a shit ton of games, but I just I don't know. I guess we gotta see. I know we have some games against Milwaukee left, so we have to play Milwaukee better, but. I think the East is kind of open. Um, that's why we played the game, though. So, all right, that's it. That's halfway. Uh, let's get those Pacers all the way uh, to the championship.